Hey there! Welcome to Imperfectly Pollyanna, a podcast where we have a real and honest talk while finding the positive in the imperfections. Whether in homeschool, faith, health, or overall life, I am your host, Courtney, and I am so glad you're here. I recently posted a video on Instagram that stated three things I believe. Number one, kids learn in different ways. Two, parents should get a say in education. And three, you can homeschool if given resources. I got a comment on it that said, a lot of people have jobs and that's why they can't. To which I let them know I understood since I do work 24-hour shifts myself. It takes maneuvering and learning, but it can work. Now, I don't know if the commenter ever read my reply, and that's okay if not. I have heard that excuse several times over the years from parents who have said they wish they could homeschool but can't. In fact, it was a concern I had when we first started. How would I work 24-hour shifts, have a husband who traveled for work, and be able to handle keeping the kids up to speed in their studies? It's a valid concern, so I don't begrudge anyone having that thought. I do, however, know that the possibility to homeschool is attainable to anyone who has two things. First, the desire to do what's best for your child, and second, the right resources. I have often wondered how many parents have used the excuse of, I work full-time to blow off their conviction of needing to homeschool. Today is episode 12, and I am so very grateful that you have taken time out of your life to listen to this small-town girl who just had a dream of chatting and being an encouragement to others. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about conviction, homeschool, and life itself. If you know of a homeschool family or someone considering homeschooling, would you mind sharing this with them, please? If you're not a homeschooler and are considering that this may be where you stop listening, I'm going to ask you to hold off pressing the stop button. I'm a big believer that people are where they need to be at the appointed time. Even if they don't think so, nothing is a surprise to God. He knew you'd be here today, so why not listen and see if there's a reason? Okay, so back to the topic at hand. Excuses and blowing off convictions. Parents using excuses as to why they can't homeschool is similar to other things in life. How many times have you written off the desire or calling to do something because it didn't seem possible? Humans are creatures of habit. Do you have a daily routine? Get up, shower, brush teeth dressed, maybe breakfast, coffee, check emails, devotional or prayer time, work out, head to work, do the work, have lunch, do more work, (laughs) head home or off to pick up kids, head to activities, eat dinner, bedtime, rinse and repeat, right? If you're a homeschool family, you do all that with school and co-op thrown in there somewhere. What happened when the pandemic hit and life as we knew it froze? No leaving the house except for essentials. Sports were canceled, schools and co-ops shut down, events paused, churches were taken online, our routines were taken and rolled up into a ball like a discarded piece of paper. Even when we could unfold that paper, there were so many wrinkles in it, it was barely usable. Some people handled it with grace, found the good, realizing it was an opportunity to shut down all the busyness of life and slow down to having time as a family, being creative with entertainment, learning to enjoy the little moments. Others completely melted down. Depression hit, they were crippled by fear, tempers flared, they delved into scrolling social media because they couldn't pull away from it. 
Then there are the ones who had a bit of a balance between the two. The first few weeks were doable. Then when things started to not go back to normal, the stress and frustration sunk in. I think I was probably more in that last group. I really enjoyed the weeks of lockdown with my family. See, I had asked the Lord at the beginning of the year to help my marriage become stronger, my family to become closer, and to be used by God. And guess what? God said, okay, welcome to life of only being able to be around your husband and kids. The difficult part was when my kids' activities began shutting down. We love, and I do mean love, our co-op. My son was headed to a state gymnastics competition with a good possibility of taking home the gold. My daughter was just coming into joining her gymnastics team. We were a family that was full to the brim of activities, always on the go, always doing something. And then it all just stopped. I saw as my kids faced disappointment, confusion, frustration, emotions that I would never wish upon them. The world became dark and chaotic, but we began finding fun things to do. We became professionals at Googling YouTube videos on how to draw things. And I'll have you know, I can draw a pretty impressive bunny with sidewalk chalk. We decorated our fence with chalk designs, played a nightly round or, okay, multiple rounds of this video game called Ultimate Chicken Horse. So fun. Found ourselves working on new puzzles for days, going for walks. We even did a two-week story time that we took to Facebook Live where I read a book to them in the evening and other kids could tune in. When fall time rolled around, we were back in the gym and some activities were back and running. However, we all know that things just haven't been the same this past year. Our family tends to do school year-round in order to take breaks as we want, enjoying the process of learning, and not having to spend the first few months reviewing. That being said, I do tend to look at what's working or not working around in the summer and see if there's something new that might be good to add or change. This past year, I found the joy of fun schooling. No, that's not just a style, but an actual form of homeschooling. It is child interest-led with lots of options for journals, books, and activities. We tried it out the first month of our new year, and it took off. From there, I began integrating my own mom school time. I found things that I wanted to learn about and would do my journals right alongside the kids. I learned about Ireland, Scotland, podcasting, and even found joy in coloring and devotional time. See, when I was forced to slow down and pay attention to the little things, I began realizing that the Lord was moving just as I had prayed in ways I didn't see at first. My desire to homeschool our kids hasn't always been easy and fulfilling. It has been frustrating, tested my patience, had me at my wit's end, and questioning if I could just toss my kids into public school setting and hope they'd be at the right level to succeed. I questioned my ability. I questioned my sanity, and yet there was God. In the midst of it all, in the midst of the mess, he created this desire that continues to grow, a desire to lead my children by example, lead them to learn to follow their interests, to follow their own gifts and talents, to figure out who they are in Christ. I had had in my mind over and over again how homeschooling should look, my initial priority was to teach them subjects that were expected and required. It then transitioned to teaching them so they could be functioning adults in the world and kind humans. Now, this desire has transitioned to putting God first, 
God's desire for their lives first. It still isn't comfortable or easy every day, but it is what's best for our family. If you feel convicted about something, whether it is centered around something you should be doing or maybe should not be doing, are you someone who makes that change? Sometimes the change is easy, like you feel convicted about watching a certain show or movie. Maybe it's about who you're allowing as friends on your social media accounts. Some convictions are simple as far as thinking, sure, I can give that up, no problem. But what about the things that really challenge your routine? The convictions that mean having to take a chance at being rejected by people. Nobody wants to be rejected. What about questioned by those who love you? Redoing things that would mean being uncomfortable for a time. As parents, when our child is first born, we are willing to do anything to make sure they are cared for. We make sure they are fed, changed, bathed, taken for medical exams if necessary, all the things, right? Yes, I know there are children who are neglected, but I am speaking to those who are the vast majority, those listening to this podcast. It is natural to make sure your child is taken care of, right? As they begin growing, learning new skills, we make sure outlets are covered, corners are cushioned, food is age appropriate, we pick them up if they fall, take them to the doctor if they are sick. So why is it that when they get to school age, we think it's natural to have someone else take over their care? Why is it seen as normal for them to learn about life from someone other than you? I have seen a meme that said, don't question your ability to teach your child. Question putting your child into the same system that left you feeling incapable of teaching your child. Don't get me wrong, there are so many teachers out there who are wonderful people. They love their students, love their job, and are simply impeccable teachers. However, I am not here to speak against them. I am here to encourage you, to challenge you and what you feel you should be doing for the sake of your children. Another quote I read recently said, what if the Lord called you to homeschool because of what he wants to do in your life? That goes for homeschooling as well as anything in life you feel called to do or convicted about. Instead of thinking, I can't do that because, or what if I do it and, why can't you switch that thought to, I could do it if, or it may not be perfect, but see how just a slight change in phrasing how your outlook on something could be turned around? You could homeschool if what? What would you need to happen in order to achieve it? Do you need help during the day? Are there subjects you don't feel confident on? Do you worry about not being able to keep your cool when they lash out or don't successfully do something you expect them to be able to do? Are you concerned at how your friends or family will respond? Do you work full-time and don't see how it's possible to do that and teach your kid? If all of these concerns were handled, what would you say then? Would you say yes? Would you try it out? I watched as families melted in duress at the idea of their children being home for the school year. Whether doing online, virtual, hybrid, or even a temporary homeschool education. The idea of having to take charge of their education literally freaked people out. I get it. Parenting is not for the faint of heart. Knowing that you are the one who oversees their education can be scary. Even resources can be overwhelming. I've been there too. When I tell people that I have been reminded of why we homeschooled this past year, I would not be surprised if I had people judging me behind my back. I am sure I've had people think we are keeping our kids in a bubble from the world and they will end up being awkward and or ignorant about how the world works. But you know what? When I see what children are learning in a traditional school setting, 
when I hear what they are exposed to, when I read experiences and conversations that are happening with children, they are not made to experience adult decisions or topics when they are simply kids. It is my job to make sure that the lives that God has appointed me to care for are protected, led, raised. I am not worried about whether my kids get exposed to bullying. I am not concerned if they go their whole childhood and don't have to experience things that others do in traditional school. What I am concerned with is whether they know the Lord, whether they know how to stand up against evil, if they know how to pray, how to love God and love others. If they go their entire lives and excel at every subject, take on jobs, pay bills on times, and yet die and end up in damnation, what kind of parent am I? Sure. I'll be proud of their accomplishments, and those things are not unimportant. But having a fear of my children being accepted by the world is not my job. Worrying about others judging me because of the conviction I have as a parent is not my job either. Worry and fear have no place in our home. Homeschooling isn't just school at home. In fact, it's not that at all. It is so much more than learning subjects. It's a lifestyle. It's a conviction. Though it is not the only conviction I've had. There are times in life when I have struggled to figure out why things are happening to me, or even why they aren't happening to me. I pray, and it seems as though God is silent, like he doesn't hear my cries for help. As if he is so caught up in blessing and leading others that my small town life is just but a blip on his radar. I have felt alone, unheard, uncared for, unsupported, unseen, not just by God, but by family and friends. Yet, instead of diving deeper into searching for answers, instead of being still and listening, I just assume no one is out there who cares. I assume I don't matter. I assume I am a failure and not worthy or capable of doing anything beyond my day-to-day busy activities going through the motions. If you've ever felt that way, you're not alone. You are seen. You are heard. You matter. Sometimes being brave means doing the uncomfortable. It means stopping the busyness and just standing still to listen. It means taking chances that may mean you end up being judged by the world. You may struggle to feel included. There may be times when you question it all. But you must step out in faith. The opinions of the world don't matter in the long run. What is popular or hot topics today will change next week, next month, or next year. But you will still be you. Your children will still be your children. Your life will still be your life. When you step out in faith, follow those convictions that you have entrusted to the Lord, then the world really won't matter as much. You will find strength in pursuing those steps of faith you will see confirmations that you are going in the right direction. Recently, my kids and I did a 10-day Easter unit study together. It included daily lessons like devotional, activity sheets, and we even did hands-on activities like foot washing and communion. We made a resurrection garden, cooked different foods, and more importantly, we had good and honest conversations about God. It has opened up more opportunities for discussions both as a family and with each child. When someone recently said, you should say amen at the beginning of a prayer and not just the end in order to, quote, wake God up, 
my son didn't miss a beat to respond with, quote, but God never sleeps. That's not something I've pounded in my kid's head. That was his own thought that came out without prompting. My daughter goes to bed every night and after a few songs, we pray. While she's not at the point of feeling comfortable leading it, she has now begun randomly plugging in additional prayers or words of thanks. My kids don't feel weird asking questions about God, and they know that I don't know at all, but I will find out the answer for them somehow. It usually involves calling or texting their papa, who is my dad. Do I think my kids will always be this innocent or easy to talk to? Of course not. I may not have the best memory, but I haven't forgotten what it was like being a teenager and young adult. Do I think kids who are not homeschooled don't have a chance to be close to God? That's ridiculous. Of course I do, because I was one of them. I had my own share of bad decisions and uncomfortable consequences. I had to deal with finding my own way to God. I had to face wrong paths, negative exposures, and heartbreaking lessons. I have also had the privilege of experiencing grace and mercy. I have found moments of blessings, breaths of renewal, peace at following where I am led. Life has its own share of disappointments, unforeseen trials, and uncontrollable circumstances. Why add upon those things we cannot control by not following the route we feel convicted about? It's like when you tell your kid, don't do that or you're going to get hurt, and they do it anyway. We tell them, I tried to warn you, but they have to learn, right? There is a time and place for kids and us to learn from our mistakes. None of us are perfect, and there is good in the imperfections. Like I said at the beginning, we are where we are without a surprise to God. He knew we would be in this moment at this time. When our kids try to do something simple like tie their shoe, they don't know immediately how to do it, right? They have to be taught. They have to be open to learning. They typically struggle to do it on their own, and we watch thinking, I could just show you the right way to do it. They roll the laces into messy balls, sometimes leaving us questioning how in the world they managed to maneuver the outcome. Then, when they are ready, we show them the way to do it. Sometimes, we show them several times. We even have to remind them when they try it again the next time, or next several times. Once they learn the way to do it, they realize it's the path that may have been the hardest to start, but it was the best way, the easier way. You may be currently homeschooling, considering homeschooling, or feeling led to do or not do something. You may be worried or fearful, or you've become good at the excuses of why something won't work. You don't have to know exactly how to do it perfectly. You don't have to have it all together. You just have to be ready and open to learning to taking the chance, to following the conviction. God will work it out. He's not having us figure it all out on our own. Thank goodness for that. He doesn't ask us to take the shoestrings and maneuver life beyond our capabilities. He's simply waiting for us to go down the path that may be hard at first, but is the best way. Are you willing to do that? What's holding you back? I dare you to take a chance. Listen to that calling. You may not feel you can do it, but I'm here to tell you that you can. This is the last episode of season one, and it has been a wonderful ride. I have loved and appreciated the reviews and messages I have received. Season two is only a couple of weeks away. I'll be taking the time between to get the incredible interviews I've already done all set up and ready to go. 
I'm hoping that this podcast finds its way to someone who may be needing some encouragement with her faith, homeschool, health, or life. If that's you, you found a friend. If you have someone in mind that might relate or you have been touched in something you've heard, would you mind sharing it? The way a podcast gets traffic is through word of mouth and I would sure appreciate it. You can also leave a review or rating if the platform you listen on offers that as an option. I'd love to connect, so come find me on Facebook, Instagram, or you can even send me an email to Courtney at imperfectlypollyanna.com. I've put that in the show notes for you. Remember, you are loved and I am glad you're here. See you next time.